Wow. I gotta be honest, that was a very dramatic bumper video. Did you feel it? It was like, ooh. Yeah, love it. Uh, hey, what's up, guys? I missed you guys last week, Thanksgiving. How many of you guys are a little bit boned? We didn't have youth last week. I was. I was a lot boned. But it's good to see you guys back again tonight. We're starting a new series. Lights, say it with me. Lights, camera, Christmas. All right? It is that time of the year. Even though we're technically still in November, it's okay. If it's after Thanksgiving, it's okay to talk about Christmas. How many of you guys like to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving, though? Anybody? Okay. So there's a few of those. I know it's a hot topic, but that's all right. We're starting our Christmas series tonight, and I want to ask you guys, have you ever wanted to be known as being the type of person who does great things? It's okay. You can say yes. Have you ever wanted to be known for being the type of person who makes a really positive impact on others that God uses to do big things? Yes. Thank you. At least somebody does. I hope you would. Tonight we're going to talk about the kind of person God uses to do big things as we're starting to look at the story, the movie, if you will, of Jesus's birth. So now that we're on the topic of births, Brianna is not pregnant. So in case you thought, psych, <laughs> I'd probably, we'd probably tell our parents first. I don't know. Would you guys want to be the first to know? That'd be kind of funny. Okay. Well, Brianna is not pregnant, but Brianna and in her rotations for PA school, she is done with all of her rotations. That's why she's here with us tonight. Let's give Brianna a good one. But one of her favorite rotations was this. She had ob guy which basically is talking about helping people give birth. And so she got to see all the happy families giving birth. And it's this great celebratory moment. I personally have my own opinion on what it means on being in that room and what that experience might be like because one time I was minding my own business in my own house and I was walking along and I saw something that scarred me for life. Brianna was studying for EMT school. If you know what an EMT is, that's somebody who uh, basically is driving you in an ambulance. And she was studying for that and one of the things they have to learn is how to help somebody give birth. Because if somebody calls 911, the ambulance drives over and sometimes they got to help the person give birth literally like in the ambulance. So I'm walking by the computer where she's studying, mind my own business, and I take a little peek over her shoulder just to see what she's looking at. I didn't know it was that, but literally there was a baby coming out of a person and I was scarred for life. My eyes were like this fish right here. It's ah, like burned. It's forever burned my brain. Birthdays are interesting. The first one, at least. And so all of you guys, when you come out looking like an alien, tell your neighbor right now, you looked a little bit like an alien back then. Tell them. But you look amazing today because you're not aliens anymore. But it's, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of it's weird. But when you are the family celebrating, it's a very happy thing. And what is the story of God having his first birthday? I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? That God would have his first birthday, that the God of the universe would step into our world and be born just like us, that he in all of his glory and beauty and splendor would become one of those little alien babies, that God 
would become one of us and he would cry and he would grow up and live a life. What was that first birthday like? What would the story be? You can look at the story from a lot of different perspectives, from mom's perspective, from grandma, grandpa. But today we're looking at the story from dad's perspective, from the perspective of Joseph. We're starting out our story in Matthew chapter one, verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. So this story automatically starts out with drama. Let's be honest. Who likes drama? We all like a little bit of drama, maybe here and there. Come on. Yeah, we like some drama, but that's all right. This story starts out with drama. And the drama is they're engaged, trying to save themselves from marriage. And Mary comes up to Joseph and says, hey, like, I'm already pregnant. But don't worry. It's the Holy Spirit, man. It's the Holy Spirit. Me and Brianna got engaged in January of 2019. Okay, that was, some of you guys were like, oh, this is good. Do you have a picture of that? Do you have a picture of that? There you go, there you go. So this is a place called Mount Rubido. Uh, yeah, Tempe, look at that. That's where mommy and daddy got engaged. Look at that. How do you guys like seeing Tempe tonight? I don't know. She's, she's, a, she's a mascot. So we got engaged at Mount Rubido. And, but what if after we got engaged, Brianna comes up to me. It's like, Jared, I'm pregnant, but don't worry, Jared. It's the Holy Spirit. I would be like, what? Who's the Holy Spirit? Is that like some over like really crazy Christian parents named their boy Holy Spirit? And that's some kid in your science class. I wouldn't think it was like the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. And so Joseph naturally doesn't believe Mary. And he's like, yeah, but I'm going to kind of divorce her quietly. Because if a scandal like this happened in their day, they would make a big deal about it. And they would shame the fiance that was the woman. So in this case, Mary would have just been shamed and would have been this big deal, lots of gossip. But Joseph was a good person. Joseph cared about Mary and he didn't want to contribute to the drama, contribute to the gossip. So he was just going to quietly let it go away. But an angel appeared to Joseph to tell him that it was actually true. But I just wonder, out of all the families, yeah, babe, you just got to hang on to the, the dog. Out of all the families, we'll just let that, Tippy is going to fall. There's actually like a hole back there that they store stuff in, so that would not be good. Yeah. Just pick her up. There she is. All right. Just please hang on to her. Thank you. Let's give it up for Brianna. There you go. Okay, anyways, where were we even at, you guys? Oh, yeah, out of all the families, think about it. All families, all time. God could have said, I'm going to send my only son to be in this family. Out of all the families ever, like, God could have made it the family of, like, a president or a king. God could have made it any family. But he chose this one. And I just can't help but wonder why. And when I look at Joseph, I think I see the answer. Because in their culture, in their time, and still, the father was the spiritual leader of the home. 
And it was the father's job to teach the kids about the Bible, to teach the kids about how to honor God. So why did God choose a normal carpenter? Why did he do that? We actually see this pattern in scripture too, where God chooses people to do amazing things that are not the first person you would think of. Like you guys heard that story of this guy named Moses. He goes and he sees a bush on fire and it starts talking with him. He's like, okay, I know I didn't do drugs today. So what's going on? And God's talking to Moses and is like, Moses, I have a greater purpose for your life. And Moses' response was like, but God, I'm not a good speaker. And God says, I'm the one who made your mouth. I'm the one who says what you can or can't do. And I'm calling you to something greater. Or maybe the time where there's this guy named Jeremiah. When he was young, he was just a youth. In youth group. Back, way back when. And God calls Jeremiah and says, I'm going to make you a prophet to the nations. But Jeremiah says, but God, I'm just a youth. I can't do this. And God says, I don't care what age you are. I'm calling you to do this. Or maybe like David. David was the youngest son in his family. The little kid. And he's the one who slayed the giant Goliath. Time after time again, God wants to use normal people to do really, really big things. And God chose a carpenter, Joseph. Why does God do this? Why does God do this for you? God does this because he uses teenagers who will give him the glory. Joseph didn't have power. Joseph wasn't the smartest, but he knew God and he honored God. And he was a righteous person. And the same kind of God who calls a normal person, a carpenter, to raise his only son is the same kind of God who calls the most average or even below average of us to do amazing things for his glory. And I think that he is the same kind of God who wants to use middle schoolers and high schoolers to shift our entire city to believe in Jesus Christ. I don't think God wants to use the pastors and like the old church leaders and people like that to shift the city for Jesus. I think he wants to use you. Most of all, because you guys are on the biggest mission field in our city is your public school campus. So God wants to use you strategically wants to use you and all of your youth leaders that are here. The adults you see, we're here because we believe in you guys and we're here because we believe God wants to do amazing things through you. So it doesn't matter if you feel popular or not. It doesn't matter if you have straight A's or not. That, that could be great. It doesn't matter if you're athletic or not. Wherever you're at, God can use you if you put your faith in him like Joseph. But to believe Mary, Joseph needed his own vision. So the angel came to him in Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So the angel says, Joseph, don't trip, man. The baby daddy isn't the guy down the road that you thought it was. It was the Holy Spirit. It's all good. But Joseph's reaction wasn't like, okay, bet, like, I'll, I'll raise the Savior of the world, like, no problem. Joseph was scared. That's why the angel had to say, don't be what? Afraid. Because he was afraid. 
For one thing, you might have been afraid because angels, the way the Bible describes them, is sometimes a little bit scary looking. So we're going to talk about that next week when we get into the, the shepherds. You guys know the shepherds in the Christmas story. But Joseph was scared in part because of the great purpose God had put on his life. The angel says, you have a bigger purpose on your life than you could even imagine. God wants you to do something huge that's going to impact people forever. And he was a little bit, maybe a lot, scared of that. But he did it anyways. Because God uses teenagers who are faithful through their fear. God is calling you to step out and do big things. Let's get that point up there. God uses teenagers who are faithful. Let's give it up for the sound guys back there. They do a great job. They're working so hard. Thanks, guys. Through their fear. Now, it's kind of scary if I'm being honest with you guys. Because God doesn't say like, all right, just make your fear go away. In fact, when you look at what happens in the Bible, God doesn't take people's fear away. He doesn't really do that. He calls them to step out in faith and trust him even though they're afraid. And when you do that, eventually your fear does kind of start to go away, if I'm being honest. But even if it doesn't, that's what faith is. If you're not afraid to do something, it doesn't take faith to do that thing. And if you want to do big things with your life and be known as a person who makes a big impact, you have to be willing to step out and have faith in God. So will you be brave and make an impact? And when God asks you to step out and do something scary, he's not just like throwing you in the middle of a pool and just like, good luck, try to swim. He helps you. He helps you along your journey. You don't do this by yourself. And he gives you brothers and sisters, community, the church, his people to help you on that journey of faith as well. So Joseph was obedient to God. Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, it says, All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. So Joseph named his son Jesus. So it's saying this was a prophecy from 500 years earlier. 500 years earlier, this prophecy was made that God would come and be with us. And the angel is, Matthew is kind of giving us a narrative, narrative's point of view to say this is why this happened. This proves that Jesus was who he said he was. And Joseph was obedient to God, but no W is until later. Okay, that's basically what the angel is saying. So there's another part of the story that isn't mentioned though. The part of the story that isn't mentioned is what Joseph had to do exactly after this. In their time, there's this thing called a census where the governor or like the the emperor of of that area of the Roman Empire was counting all the people. So everybody had to go back to their homeland and take a big journey back there. So Joseph immediately had to move with Mary. This is what it says. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. So, super pregnant Mary had to go on a 70-mile donkey ride. 
That doesn't sound like very much fun. Light work. A 70 mile, he said light work. 70 mile donkey ride. And Joseph was probably walking the entire time. Now, I don't like road trips very much. Brianna and I, we don't like to drive in the car. It's just not our most fun thing to do. And I remember as a kid, I don't like road trips either. One time we took a trip when I was a kid to Idaho and my mom made us watch the boringest movie. I know boring isn't a word, but she made us watch the boringest movie called Sound of Music. It was horrible. Don't watch it. It was horrible. I did not like that movie. I'll think about that tomorrow. It's like, girl, get it together. And she keeps, all her husbands keep dying and it's a little suspicious. So don't watch that movie. And then the whole ride there, we're watching the sound of music and it was torture. And my sister kept picking her nose the whole time. I was like, ew, it's gross. And she literally, I was like, Kaylin, stop, stop. Like constantly telling her to stop picking her nose. And my parents were telling me to stop telling her to stop picking her nose. So literally, she's like, oh, I can take advantage of this. So she was watching the movies and just literally going like this, like fingering her nose, just holding it there. It was a long trip. I'm glad I made it through. Road trips are not that fun, but it's really not that fun when you're pregnant on a donkey or if you're having to walk the whole time leading your pregnant wife on a donkey, taking care of them the entire time. But Joseph was obedient to God. And while they were there, this is Luke chapter 2, verse 6 through 7. A time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. You know, after a long trip, you really just want like a nice bed to lay down in. But they didn't even get that. They're in a manger. Now, a manger was usually a part of somebody's house where it was where they kept their animals. So it probably didn't smell the best. Probably was not the best place to sleep. Probably not the best place to give birth. There's probably some sanitary issues there. I'm not sure what, but that sounds kind of gross to me. There's so much chaos in this story. That Joseph, from Joseph's point of view, his fiance that he loves comes and says, oh, I'm pregnant, by the way, even though we haven't, you know, done that yet. I'm pregnant. And then an angel comes to Joseph and says, oh, don't trip, man. It's the Holy Spirit. And then the government's like, hey, Joseph, uh, go on this 70-mile donkey trip with your pregnant wife. And then they finally get there. And it's like, hey, by the way, there's no room for you to in or anywhere for you to stay. So come and stay in the manger with all the animals and give birth there. And Joseph is probably going, God, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm being obedient to what you told me to do. Why can't you just make this easy for me? Why are you making us travel? Why are you making us go in a manger? Why, why are you making everything so unclear and so confusing? And I'm afraid. God, why are you making it hard for me? But because Joseph was faithful, the Savior of the world was born. Guys, faith is about trusting God in the middle of the chaos. It's trusting God in the middle of the chaos. And there's a lot of chaos in life. There's a lot of chaos around Christmas time because you got these things coming over to your house called cousins. And cousins like to sleep in your bed, so you have to sleep on the floor. And you got that aunt or uncle that's kind of annoying. I remember Christmas Day, 2007. We got the Nintendo Wii. 
and my uncle smacked me in the head playing Wii Bowling. You got all the family coming over. There's chaos. There's, there's a lot of things that go wrong, but maybe even aside from the Christmas season, things just happen in our life. And we're trying to follow God and we're trying to be faithful to Him. But it's hard because the path isn't always smooth like we think it will be. It wasn't smooth for the people that God chose to be the mom and dad of His only son. So it probably won't be a smooth ride for us either. But what can we learn from this? That in the middle of the Christmas chaos, God is always working. In the middle of the confusing chaos of your life, God is still working. Even though the journey may not look how you want it to be, the result will still be an amazing thing. Even though Joseph's journey was not fun, the result is the Savior of the world came in to our world to save us. And maybe this Christmas season, you got the annoying thing with the cousin in your bed, or maybe you're going to miss your friends over Christmas break later, or maybe there's an empty chair at your table because a loved one has passed, and they're not there to celebrate Christmas with you. That, my, my grandma passed away a few weeks ago. She's not going to be there to celebrate Christmas with us. So there's things that happen. There's a lot of emotions we feel around this time. But in the middle of the chaos... Are you going to choose to be the kind of person that God uses to do great things? How do you do that? The example Joseph gives us, the first thing that we do is be humble and ready to be used by God. That's what Joseph did. He was a righteous man. He didn't try to gossip about Mary and what she did. He was humble before the Lord. He had integrity. And that's why he was Jesus' father. He taught Jesus about integrity. And honoring God. The second thing is say yes to God, even when it's scary. And even when you're walking through life and it feels like you're losing, the truth of scripture tells us you can't lose when you have God on your side. Romans 8 says, if God is for us, who can stand against us? And maybe right now it feels like you're losing as you're just trying to be faithful and stepping out, even though you're afraid and you're trying to be faithful to what God's calling you to do right now in this season as a teenager. But know that even though it feels like you're losing sometime, I read the end of the book. You can't lose because you have Jesus's victory over you. So say yes to God, even when it's scary and keep moving forward because you cannot lose. The third thing, don't let the chaos distract you from God's plan. If you know, in a storm, like in a hurricane or a tornado, if you're right in the very middle of it, it's completely calm. All around, it's chaos. It's, it's chaos everywhere. But if you're right in the very middle, it's actually calm in the middle of the storm. And the thing that's amazing about following Jesus and having a close relationship with him is even when there's chaos all around you in your life, God gives you this thing called peace. And it's a peace that the Bible says surpasses all understanding, which means it makes no sense. God, how can I be peaceful right now when my family is always arguing? God, how can I be peaceful right now when I feel like I don't have good friends at school? It passes understanding because in the middle of the hurricane of life, when you sit in God's presence, he gives you that peace. 
So don't let the chaos distract you from God's plan. Because even though there's chaos all around, as long as you're focused on staying on God's plan for your life, like Joseph did, you will feel peace. And here was God's plan in this story, Matthew 1, 21 through 22. It was that the angel said to him, the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son. You are to name him Jesus. The word Jesus means God saves, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to his son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God's plan was to save you. It was to save you. Do you feel far from God right now? If you do, there's a name of Jesus that God wants to comfort you tonight. It's Emmanuel. It means God with us. We get this idea in our head that we have to try to be with God and make him happy. But scripture says, even though we sinned and we messed up, God came to be with us. That's how he can save us. By being with us. He is the savior of the world. And if you put your faith in him, you really know what it feels like for God to be with you. And also, maybe tonight, some of you guys, you have done that and you put your faith in Jesus and you know what it feels like for God to be with you. But this Christmas season, I guarantee you, you probably have friends at school or something else that you do or you have friends on a sports team, whatever it might be for you. Those friends don't know what it's like to have God with them this Christmas season. They don't know. And they need you to show them and tell them. So be that friend to somebody else as well. Let's pray, guys. God, we thank you so much that you came to be with us. You are Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph gives us such a good example of who you used to do, to do great things. And God, I know that you've placed an amazing calling on the life of every person in this room. And Lord, I just pray that you would help them to see it, to believe it, and to step into it, even though it's scary sometimes but to step into the life that you've called them into, knowing that they can never lose because you are always on their side. Pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, hey, we're gonna do a little raffle thing.